Comics Inebriated, a podcast about the history of fiction and nonfiction in comics, along with current events, hosted by comic creators Liana Kangas and permit guest Matt Emmons. Welcome back to Comics Inebriated. My name is Liana. I uh, do the art and writing sometimes and stuff for comics. You probably know who I am at this point. And I am joined by... Co-host Matt Emmons, um, a co-host of Comics Inebriated Podcast. I'm a writer, an artist, and a mediocre colorist. I have no jokes today. We're joined by guest, special guest. Do I say... I'm going to say your name. We're joined by Tina Horn. Thank you for coming. (laughs) Hello. Hello. Um. What do you, What do you want me to say about me? Whatever. The say accolades, whatever. I'm sure, can go on and on. Well, for those that don't know know you in comics, we'll start there. For those that should know you. Yes. Oh, thank you. Um. Yeah. So <laughs> in the comics world, I am the creator and writer of the series Safe Sex or SFSX, which is harder to say but easier to put in a search engine and um (laughs) uh safe sex is published by image um the first trade collection is called safe sex protection that came out in 2020 and is available now where fine books and comic books are sold or borrowed from the library and safe sex terms of service is the brand new graphic novel in the series also published by image which as of this recording, just is coming out um, <laughs> into the world where fine books and comic books are sold. And yeah, uh, Safe Sex is a science fiction, sex rebel, dystopian series about queer sex workers fighting like a totalitarian theocracy. And um, it's like definitely for grownups and has lots of <laughs> lots of like fetish sex and like explicit pleasure and explicit exquisite torture and um, but also is definitely like represents my like lifelong love of science fiction and body horror and terms of service is like really sort of leaning into the like cyberpunk uh cyber techno thriller um part of the sci-fi element of it and the dystopian element of it and the art team there's been a lot of different artists on safe sex but the art team for terms of service is g romero johnson who is a fucking incredible rising star it's like truly like oh i'm like working with this person like before they explode (laughs) um their work is like so perfectly suited to the series it's like juicy and disgusting and like it's juicy so, yes it's juicy it's all never heard that word before any juice you already. can imagine a body having g knows Happening. how to draw it um like juice where it should be juice where it maybe shouldn't right. be like juice where juice you don't where usually it see it be. exactly exactly what's ju- the juice that serves the character in the story um does and this, then the and then kelly fits the plot yeah juice that advances <laughs> the plot exactly um and the themes. <laughs> and then Kelly yeah. Fitzpatrick uh, is the colorist and she mm-hmm. just did like an amazing job with both like emotional and thematic and kind of abstract coloring, but also textures in a way that I- Kelly uh, understands the assignment every she, time. Kelly mm-hmm. understands mm-hmm. the assignment and I've like learned how to communicate with a color artist about texture in a way that I hadn't before. So watch out anybody that I work with. Cause I'm going to be like, mm, what about the vapor waves anyway? And then, um, and then Tula Lote, who's been with the series since the beginning okay. did the cover yeah. and uh, Steve so Wands is the letterer. I love Steve. And uh, he's also been with the series since the beginning. And then Lauren McCubbin is our editor and designer. And um, and Bishak Sam wrote the intro. And it's just like a lot of a lot at all. A lot of people. A lot of people were involved. I could tell immediately, like uh, from 
halfway through. I'm only halfway through the first volume because I'm a trade waiter at this point, even though I collect single issues, which mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I have all five of the first volume. I still don't read them my way until the trade, which is awful. I know. But uh, I could You're tell edging yourself. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could tell it's immediately that you and I probably read the same type of comics growing up. Like, it's very big vertigo, dark vibes, and I just love it but it's also one of those books that i'm like oh i cannot bring this on a plane okay like welcome to my life my my work is my work is not safe for work so i know i cannot tell you how many planes i have been on where i've been like oh right bring like a different like slip case and just cover it but so you liana you just said you clearly like a lot of the same books as tina but Tina's here to talk about a very specific series that you admitted you know nothing about or do you know something about? Listen, call me out on this, man. Listen, uh, but I'm no, because I'm not calling. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Because I also, I also don't know anything about the series other than it exists and it is Cuckoo Bananas. Cuckoo Bananas is the word. The word. You know, not to, not to, I hope I don't upset anybody with some, some phraseology like that, but it is bonkers uh, i'm here to talk about the invisibles and i am so glad because i feel like i've been trumpeting about the invisibles for a long time but this is really the first chance that i've gotten to like sit down with other comics people making like comics media oh, and yeah. uh yeah. and and to talk about it so i like there's there's so many things to talk about what do you what do you what do you guys want to know Let's i want to know from, what like, yeah the what is the invisible <laughs> yeah yeah like give us, give us the whole like we walked into a comic shop what what's the publisher what year like who we who's... are all the invisibles um uh okay oh. so yeah uh let me pull up my little virgo type a lisa simpson overachiever outline uh Load that PTX file, you know? (laughs) Okay, so The Invisibles was published by Vertigo, which you already mentioned, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. which uh, absolutely... Okay, so, like, I have... I'm a lifelong comics lover, and when I say lifelong, I mean, like, literally some of... Excuse me. Some of my earliest memories are... When I was sick, like when I just like had a cold as a as a child, my parents would bring me comics, and a lot of the time they would bring me like Tales from the Crypt. So like I think I I spent a I, lot of time with your parents. Lucky you, yeah. No, you don't know huh. that. I'm yeah. the, I'm the best. I want that. It, it was you know I feel like be having a fever and reading Tales from the Crypt probably um made me who i am um which you know like i, yeah, out, I guess you know the rents have it. no one yeah. to save or to save uh blame i was gonna say uh <laughs> but themselves anyway i'm drinking an imperial stout um and uh i've Bless only a guess sips. that uh covers for us when we have forgotten to ask what you're drinking <laughs> we'll edit it in we'll edit it in i'll we'll do a hard cut and i'll be like Tina, what are you drinking? And then we'll edit that in front of it, and then well, it'll I be feel perfect. like I Done. feel like in order to talk about the Invisibles, I probably should have taken DMT. Um, but uh, I, tougher, I, tougher I, to like, I, yeah, tougher to follow an outline on DMT. So. I, I, I mean, I, I think yeah. so. I actually have never done DMT. I don't know. But, but I'm told that elves visit you. Um, but I feel like a like. Wow. An imperial stout is sort of the DMT of beer, and I'm the kind of person who would rather drink like one really tasty, really potent beer rather than like three, like five percent beers. You know, yeah. so so I like went for the imperial here. Um, so, I I just love so the assertion that an imperial stout is cheers. comparable to DMT. So I'm gonna. Uh... I'm going to say, I don't know enough and about hey, beer to disagree with you. still allowed to have a publishable <laughs> podcast, so. Yeah. Well, DMT is ah. apparently the, the, the chemical, I hope is the right word, I'm not a scientist, um, that, is rele- that is released in your brain 
twice in your lifetime, once when you're born and once when you die. And so then they've like synthesized it. So when you take it, you have this like cosmic experience. Anyway, Mm. it's very much like this sort of culture around the invisibles is that kind of like um, psychedelia, like, like psychedelia that tells the truth, you know? Um, so yeah, so the invisibles, uh, is written by a uh, written and created by Grant Morrison, um, who, mm-hmm. uh, came out as non-binary in 2020 and uses they, them pronouns, which is we love to see it. unsurprising and rad. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and then a lot, just like safe sex, uh, uh, there were uh, quite a few artists that worked on the invisibles, um, during its run. I mean, I, I grew up. Okay, overwrite. I was going back to um uh my my childhood um feverish horror dreams. Um yeah, so then yeah. when I when I got uh when I when when I reached adolescence in the 90s, um I was spending a lot of time in comics shops and like yes, there are definitely some there's definitely some superhero stuff that I loved, X-Men for sure. I'm homosexual, so that's just required. <laughs> um, and um, but uh, I really gravitated from an early age towards Vertigo because I I definitely was like, I want the stuff that's for people who are older than me. Uh, and Vertigo, <laughs> right. for, the, for those who don't know, uh, was oh, an imprint yeah. of DC that was around for 25 years. Um, that like was specifically designed to publish like mature readers stuff. So like a lot kind of, of like- ultraviolence, uh, way more like explicit sexuality, subversive, and like just, black yeah. label now, kind of, to- but totally, not, kind yeah. of, but yeah. very art house style. Like, crazy. and also black label is, 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 is the like sort of standard IP of, of DC, yeah. but like taken to an adult level. Whereas mm-hmm. vertigo was like, uh, more like new, new creations for, for the most part. Yeah. Not, not yeah. totally. I think, um, yeah. Yeah. My, yeah, my my knowledge of Vertigo was like I I picked up Sweet Tooth and Preacher at the same time, and those are yeah those are my Vertigo books. Yeah, that's that's exactly the era I'm talking about. I'm talking about like Alan Moore Swamp Thing and yeah. mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. uh what definitely Sandman. I've I've got a tattoo of the key to hell. Like <laughs> you know that's also required. Um, was Shade uh, on Vertigo too? I Shade the Changing Man and like um. I don't uh, remember, like, although I think Kelly Fitzpatrick uh, yeah. worked on that. Uh, or she, I'm not sure. Um, what and Hellblazer was oh, yeah, a big, yeah, yeah. was a big one for mm-hmm. me. Yeah, back yep. in the day. Um, and uh, yeah, and then The Invisibles. So like, I was, and then you know, comics wise, I feel like around then, I also got into the more like indie, like drawn in quarterly and Fantagraphics. Mm-hmm. world and um uh but I, when i really think about the comics that the comics that made me uh it mm-hmm. uh, most uh, many of them are, are vertigo titles and uh invisibles is is definitely top three it, like in rotation if not like just number one all time um and yeah. uh and yeah so like there were a lot of artists that worked on the book two that I want to shout out are Jill Thompson, who also worked on Sandman. And uh, I saw it at a con recently. It's like still rocking. Jill um, is like a damn. rock star that just like rolls up to a con. Oh, what an icon. I totally agree. Yeah. Nobody's, yeah. nobody's art looks like that. She's like, you so know, right bad. away. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and then Phil Jimenez, who I've also mm-hmm. met at cons and is just like the sweetest person um so so like i uh actually i think hold on i'm putting my mic down so apologies if this is weird (laughs) sound stuff but i think that one of these like giant invisible hardcovers that i have is the one that phil signed let me find this i met him at flame con which was like extra special to Mm -hmm. meet one of my icons at a at a queer conference Mm -hmm. And, Such a um, good con. and I was definitely like, oh yeah, here it is. You, this is, this Hell is yeah. an audio medium, but, uh, here you go. This is a drawing of. Remarked Lord, and everything. Of Incredible. Lord Fanny. It looks, it looks good, everyone. 
it looks it, great. It, it looks really good. <laughs> and this is from like 2018, I think, maybe 2019. Um, it says "Be Invisible, Darling." Um, so yeah, like Phil, it was. You know, I was definitely prepared to be like, "Oh, your work is brilliant. Inspired me. Thanks. Bye." And then, um, <laughs> like he had had heard about safe sex and was like, you know, hooray for queer comics. And that was, that was, anyway, that was really heartening. And I also have a story about meeting Grant Morrison, which maybe we'll, we'll get to in a little bit. Cause it is. So stick around for that. Everybody that just heard that sentence. Yeah. Story. Yeah. You got to listen through to the whole pod. Yeah. And also I got to <laughs> find out, I got to find out what the invisibles is about. Cause I still. Oh, right. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I get it because I'm I interested. Tell, in I have all to of tell it. you something. I have to tell you something. I know I'm not alone when I tell you that this is one of my favorite comics of all time. Absolutely, oh, one, absolutely one of my favorite pieces of pop culture of all time. Very few things have influenced me uh, as much as The Invisibles, and I actually am not still entirely sure what it's about. <laughs> I think I that's what I was I was waiting for it. I was like Tina's gonna come on and be like, I don't know that what the hell the, the invisible one, is about. Yeah. You've just answered the <sighs> age old question of what is it's the It's like it's like isn't it all that uh, I can't remember what path of magic it's all that crazy shit. It's all just like chaos magic it, and shit like yes, that, isn't it's, it? It's def okay, so <sighs> it's definitely where do I begin? Um I don't know. <laughs> We don't I'm, asking, I'm asking you. We don't necessarily have to like spoil any arc page, for people who haven't page read one. it. But, Start at page. Yeah. <laughs> like, um. So okay. Here, here is what I will say about the Invisibles. Like, to sort of yeah. If people out there have never heard of it and want an endorsement or want mm-hmm. like you know a pitch uh, on why they should check it out, or if people out there are like. I too have read it and, and I'm counting on you guys to explain. <laughs> to explain it. Yes. Sorry. Um, not the podcast for Sorry. <laughs> um, so it is. <sighs> okay. I feel like it would, it would, um, <laughs> I feel like I will do, Perfect. uh, Grant Morrison, um, like an honor by, by first explaining it in the most meta way possible, which I don't just do to be pretentious. Um, although I'm fine with being pretentious about you, like being. I'm like also you're a comics you writer, so they have, have to know that. Like that's. Uh, but so yeah, like you gotta be. The, uh, I, I gotta be what? <laughs> uh, that was it. You gotta be. You gotta okay. Be meta. <laughs> I, I lost the word. I was like, it's not worth trying to think of a word. <laughs> So Grant Morrison has gone on the record many times, has always been very uh, upfront and transparent about this, that the the comic was intended to be a sort of magic spell, like a piece of art, a piece of pop culture that was intended to um, create, like I said, it, it came out uh, in 94 to 2000 and was intended to sort of create a mythology at the dawn of the 21st century. Um, and one, so, uh, Grant Morrison, I don't know how they identify like magic wise, but let's just say that like chaos magic is definitely like a part of the, their work that they talk about in their fiction and nonfiction. And like, um, everything that I know about chaos magic, I learned from, the invisibles. So there you have it. But like, there's this thing um, called a sigil. Uh, actually, I've, I've like learned about yeah. this from, from some yeah. uh, witches I know um, since then. And the, the, the briefly, the idea behind a sigil is that you create a symbol. Um, I've been like taught a method of sort of like using language to, to create a, a symbol. And, um, and then you use some sort of method to like, cast that sigil like you would cast a spell um and uh and then you're like putting that out into the world so you can cast it by like creating any kind of energy um and there are lots of different ways to do that um one of them is masturbation or like creating really intense um erotic energy which will be relevant to the invisibles have you heard of this 
I have. I, I, I know about. I do. I know all story. about this. Yeah. And I get. I my favorite part is all that I know about chaos magic. I know from people who love the Invisibles. So it Great. just loops back where they're like, I learned it from this book. I'm like, I. You're telling me a lot about jerking off on a piece of paper. Yeah. But like, okay. Yeah, I mean, definitely also, like, everything that I know about Chaos Magic is basically, like, so I can make things happen that I want through masturbation. Like, I knew that already. Yeah, one adolescent in the 90s didn't do that, like... But thank you for giving me a little bit more context and maybe methodology or uh uh yeah so so then the invisibles was kind of meant to be a hyper sigil so like yes jerking off uh can can cast a a magical spell people believe um i of all the things that i believe or don't believe i feel like this is this is like on like it sounds right to me. Like, and if it's not right, then it, it <laughs> not to be, not to be glib, but like at least uh, no, like, don't true. Don't do at that. least I jerked off. Like, right. Well, anyone who's willing to yeah, like, set least, aside I, and like admit that they did that just to make their book successful, I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, sure. I so, like, so, so that's like the the I'm most. Sure. Uh, yeah, that's the but meta. Yeah, so. Go ahead. I, I was just gonna say, my favorite part is all of this is vital, but still no no plot in sight, which is amazing because okay. it's so okay. hard to get to that. Okay, so now I'm gonna now I'm gonna switch gears into something that would probably really frustrate Grant okay. Morrison. I'm trying to like balance things out, um, which is, which is to say that I do think that the That'll easiest way to talk about the plot of the Invisibles across um, its entire run actually is to talk about the fact that there um, is is a big controversy that has been around for, you know, going on 20 years um, about the Wachowskis ripping off the Invisibles when they made The Matrix ever heard of it. So, like, uh, I I am actually curious if you guys have heard about this controversy. I hadn't. That's why when I saw it in your outline, I was like, Oh dang! I, okay, I forgot about this. So, so here's a little. Th- I haven't seen The Matrix. Oh wow! So I have no idea He's what we're talking sweet, about here. My sweet son just not to do with my age. Mom, I've seen a bunch of know, older. Like I just just never made it. Yeah, yeah. You never picked it up from Blockbuster for me. I don't know. Yeah, I never rented it. Listen, we're we're running off of a no. tight salary. I, at least you have lunch money, so we can skip the Matrix. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, I've, I've I got do, my I corduroy do. overalls and I've got my lunch money. I but, for sure so, first saw the Matrix on VHS from a yeah. video store. That is that yeah. is a fact. It, so the Matrix came out in '99 great vintage for movies um uh and <laughs> it, it was being john malkovich and fight club and uh yeah, lo- yeah lots of good shit in 99 um stable 90s anyway movie. what's that stable 90s movie yeah it absolutely uh and oh, yeah. yeah so i i think that um so maybe maybe we can come back to this because i feel like the thing that would be that I would love to hear y'all's thoughts on are like in general, what it means to like pay homage to something that inspired you versus ripping it off um, or like stealing from it because there's like way too much to say about this particular controversy. Um, but mm-hmm. like, um, I rewatched The Matrix. I've seen it, um, uh, but I, I rewatched it uh, recently, actually, because the trailer for the new movie. I like watched the trailer for the new movie on my laptop and was like, Ugh, "White Rabbit." I get it. Okay, guys, this looks exactly like. Okay, ladies, this looks like exactly like the first one. And um, and then I saw it when I the edible was hitting right before Dune in the theater, and I was like, <laughs> "Yes, I." absolutely understand how you edited white rabbit in time to all of this amazing action i cannot wait for you to mainline this movie into my dome the base of my skull anyway 
Um, so I rewatched The Matrix and like <laughs> the um, not on VHS. I streamed it, uh, but uh, which is what The Matrix wants me Bummer. to do. Uh, but uh, I I feel like <sighs> there are a lot of similarities between the matrix and the invisibles but they also like story and character wise and definitely like philosophically and definitely aesthetically but there are also a lot of things that are like archetypical and probably like they were like both the invisibles and matrix were drawing from similar wells and like something that i found when i was researching this was an interview with morrison where they were like well i've been told by some of the uh people on the production crew of the matrix that they were given a copy of the invisibles and told to make the movie look just like this and there's this thing where there's uh it's like a like a liquid mirror um in the invisibles that's like a very uh, you know like major sort of macguffin and like that was sort of the thing that struck me the most when i was re-watching it where i was like oh yeah no this is the, you know the moment where no you don't know because you haven't seen it there's a moment where neo that's Keanu, Reeves, that's Keanu Reeves. Breaking reality essentially is like uh, breaking and not understanding reality between like a science uh, science fiction like computer universe versus like what you think is real and what you don't think is real. Which is assuming I'm assuming why the Invisibles mm-hmm. is very difficult to explain yeah. um, and like easy to like compare to something like The Matrix. And for luckily, Grant doesn't listen to this podcast, so like. I could understand why they They would be like, uh, yeah, that's true. Why they'd be frustrated to be like, this is nothing like the Matrix. Like, the Matrix copied it. They sent an email the other day and they were like, Matt, stop it. And that was it. (laughs) That's all they said. I was like, damn, Grant. Okay, good to know. I mean, I mean, okay, here is the. I mean, okay, we can talk about what happens in the this, Invisibles. But the last, the, the amount la- of size, it's so good. The last, the last thing that I feel like I want to say about it is that, like, if your intention was to create a piece of culture that would influence twenty first century mythology, then you did it because mm-hmm. if the Wachowski sisters read and loved the invisibles and then had the opportunity to make a movie and they were like let's bring some of these ideas into this movie and then like this will be the first i mean i can say for sure that the matrix was the first time that millions of people had considered that maybe there was something more to the reality that they yeah. were experiencing. So you're the sigil worked. I'm yes, saying yeah. the sigil worked and that sometimes magic gets out of control, control. and out of your control. Oh. But I definitely oh, also as a as an <laughs> usually always, but definitely always. I've seen practical magic. Um <laughs> but, uh, but I uh, uh, at the same time at the same time I definitely from a purely like like material and practical perspective, I understand feeling frustrated that you broke through in the culture with a lot of ideas that nobody was talking about. And then Mm -hmm. like the Wachowskis get this, like all of this money in this huge platform to create something that like continued, that they continued to dine out on for a really long time. Um, I don't know, but also I, literally as a writer who is not a visual artist in any way like one way that i have learned in in working in the comics medium to like collaborate with the visual artists that that i that i co-author with that i work with is to do literally that is to say like um before you draw this will you watch hellraiser like before you like before you draw this like uh, can i can i send you or like here's this pinterest like mood board or like here's this porno you know like here's this like not safe for work dropbox like you're welcome (laughs) um you you can't have them sit in a vacuum and expect them to follow the right tone 
Well, also, I'm sure it would yeah. be really obnoxious to be a visual artist and to have a writer using language to tell you what they want. And it's like, yeah. and then, and they can't. Um, <laughs> and so it's like, I, I, I don't know. I feel like, isn't that something that we all do all the time? And isn't that like what rock and roll is? Isn't that what, um, like, you know, like the whole like history of, of art and culture is, is like people like folding like different things into creating something new. I, I am, I'm genuinely fold curious, like what you guys think. Yeah, exactly. Fold in the what, but what do you guys Wait. think about the ethics of that? We uh, will fine. touch short, base on yeah. it in like two seconds. I thought you were going to. All right, I'll start it then. Hey, what's up, everybody? <laughs> my name is Bob, and I am a word bro. And my name is Kevin. I'm the other word bro. And you can listen to our podcast, The Word Bros, at thewordbros.com. So check it out. Oh, and while you're doing that, we want to say you're check listening. Out Comics Inebriated with Liana Kangas and Matt Emans, uh, I think Wednesday nights. I don't want to like get that. into specifics because I'm not aware of when they do it. <laughs> So let's just leave it as vague as possible and say you're listening to comics, comma, inebriated, period. I like the comics, comma. Like, I think that, that the alliteration there that that provides um, is going to be difficult for inebriated folks. This thing can only be 30 seconds long, Kevin, so don't talk too much <laughs> about punctuation. Okay, my bad. And we're back. And in short, yes. I think uh, it's fine. You know what I mean? The the conversation we were having before that, I remember. No. Folding in the cheese. <laughs> I yeah. do. No, uh, it, it is fine, I think, to fold it. It's, it's going to be impossible to not fold in uh, your influences into things. So uh, that being said, I still don't know what The Invisibles is okay. about. And I don't know what The Matrix is about. <laughs> one, of them, one, one of them interests me more right now, tonight, and it's The Invisibles. Okay. So in... So, so the... Invisibles are a group of ragtag freedom fighters and they uh they all wear super cool fetish inspired clothes but not in an obnoxious way where you feel like somebody just saw some ripped off fetish Okay, yeah. Thing in a yeah. like high couture magazine, like you can tell that the people who made this have been to gay fetish clubs. Um, and they're oh. you know, they're all punk as fuck and they know something it's, that it's you genuine. don't know. It's very genuine. Yeah. Uh and and like yeah, they, they know something that the man doesn't want you to know about consciousness and existence man mm. and um they're basically trying to like liberate the world but also specifically fight um you know <laughs> the the it's bad guys a, um, isn't there like a like a fallen angel or something is jesus in this well no. it's a little bit more from a gnostic tradition than okay. like a judeo-christian um my mistake but uh, i haven't read the book I, well so like the so the okay the bad guys <laughs> <laughs> the bad guys are the outer church and they are basically from a hell dimension and the good guys are from our world, but they've been sort of called upon by um, the Invisible College in another dimension. And our world is the Venn diagram where those two worlds overlap. So okay. our world, a.k.a. the sort of like reality world of um, uh, of uh, of the Invisibles. Um but things are not what they seem you learn by the end. And maybe this sentient satellite called Barbalith has something to say about the unity of chaos and order and maybe fighting the bad guys as cool and fun and rock and roll as it obviously is the series shows us is maybe not the way to achieve liberation 
if you think about it, which you should. I love the shrug at the end that no one can see. Yeah, you can <laughs> hear an like, audible shrug. shrug emoji. But it's, it's a happy shrug. It without it's, spoilers. Yeah. it's definitely not a bad shrug. Yeah. It's like no, a... it was a great one. <laughs> that that feels that feels like the very magical portion of it again, where it just loops into like both exist. Uh, I, I like what that that you can't have one without the other. All that like saying two sides of the same coin thing. Like it's it feels inextricably tied together. It's a genre in itself too. Yeah, definitely. It's a school. It's a school of thought. It's a. It's a. It's people's belief system in itself. Like I. Totally, (laughs) just like the Big Lebowski. You know. Oh man! Another nineties text about that. I have seen. Good. That's good. Finally, I've seen. I know something once. He's not um, totally lost. I also, for sure, had the Big Lebowski on VHS. Um. Anyway, so like, I mean, I think okay. Let me talk about what appealed to me as a '90s teenager, like picking up the floppies and then like eventually getting these, like you know, hardcover, hardcore oh, omnibus, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like these om- weapons, omnibuses. Yeah. Um, is, um, Omnibuy is that, I mean, first of all, like I was just a fucking queer punk in a conservative Christian town. So anything that was like, you know, something they don't know. I was like, you're right. (laughs) Um, and, uh, and especially if, if it was like knowing things that they don't know, means that you have more fun and get more laid i was like that's what i'm working towards that right now pretty, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah you get to wear way cooler outfits and um things are going to work out just fine for you you're going to have way, a way more exciting life um i think that i i also really loved the fact that it was very literary so like the marquis de sade is a character in the invisibles Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of philip k dick like like influenced uh, you know both his stories and also his belief system uh Mm -hmm. it, it like infused in the book and it's very mystical um in in ways that we've that we've talked about already both in like the meta context and like the text itself um and it's very surreal and it also just it really rewards if you are the kind of person like me who who really loves to like catch like a great reference to a great song like there Mm. is a scene in uh like about halfway through the whole series where um uh, King Mob, who we haven't even talked about the names of the characters. Uh, King Mob, <laughs> who is like one of the Invisibles, the titular Invisibles, um, who is definitely like, f- like physically resembles Grant Morrison very much, and like apparently during the writing of this book, Grant Morrison like experienced many of the same things that they were writing king mob to have experienced which is like another part of the like bonkers mythology of uh of this book um but uh king there's a scene where uh and this is drawn by uh phil jimenez and is just like absolutely one of my favorite like scenes in comics ever where like the the invisibles are like taking some much needed self-care time after like a giant battle which like by the way goals like if you're freedom fighters like you should definitely like take a year off chill the fuck out yes exactly have a me party yeah but they take a whole year off and of course they're like funded by this like you know billionaire and uh so they get to like stay in his mansion and so there's the scene where king mob is like diving off of a diving board and he says nice and smooth which is um uh, uh something that ray davies says at the very beginning of the song david watts by the kinks and um and and so then and then he like shoots a something with a gun as he's diving off the diving board into a pool and then he like goes for a run and he's like going for a run with the like you know, other in, titular invisible babe named Robin. 
And I think they just started fucking. And she's like, you always say nice and smooth. Why do you say that? And he's like, it's what Ray Davies says in the beginning of David Watts by the kinks. And, you know, and this just like world wars, like, you know, the kind of nerd that I am. The Easter egg pays off. Exactly. Um, But it's also like, if you didn't know, now you know. Um, So I love stuff like that. And this was also the era, I feel like for legal reasons, people do this much less where like, Neil Gaiman used to do this all the time too, where like the names of each issues would be like the lyric of a rock or pop song. Hell so yeah. like, the invisibles, mm-hmm. you know, th- there's like uh issues called Venus is a boy, which is the name of a Bjork song. And like, you say you mm-hmm. want a revolution by some band you've probably heard of. And like, so there's, there's just like a lot of, um, a lot of that like rock and roll and punk like density in it that I, that I definitely really loved. But I also think that like my taste for genre fiction was both like already at this place by the time the invisibles like washed up on my shore of like Octavia Butler and Philip K. Dick and like a lot of other sort of like hard sci-fi or like intellectual sci-fi where there's like time Mm -hmm. travel that definitely is dealing with like the sort of like psychological implications of of time travel or like a surprise like this person's from the future and like then there's like interdimensional creatures and then there's like scenes where you don't know what's happening like maybe characters being brainwashed or maybe they're being brainwashed by the bad guys or the good guys to save them from the bad guys that are trying to brainwash them and like I fucking love all that stuff. And then to my work, I think the thing that was most influential is that this book is very sexy. And, (laughs) and I think honestly, as a teenager, this book was some of the first images that I had ever seen within the context of like a, like a fictional story that I'm already like engaged in the the world and the characters and, and, and everything like where both cis and trans women are shown as sexually powerful as like sexual agents and, oh, yeah. um, and like literally like explicitly experiencing erotic pleasure and being pursued by all kinds of people for like how hot they were because of how like powerful and awesome and unconventional they were. Right. And also like a lot of uh like a lot of the characters who do lust after these women being like I worship you and the thing that I want to do when I get you in bed is like go down on you until you scream. Um, and you know, I just, I, yeah. uh, there's not enough of that, that in pop culture. I was say, I've got a feeling that wasn't very common and it may not even be very yeah. common still. Except yeah, sex, my <laughs> series uh, yeah, that's true. out now feel- from image comics. This is a great way. Well, one, like, uh, one of the reasons why I was excited to have you on was because you absolutely do not write characters that are victimized uh, and are very powerful. But we usually do this really cool thing in our podcast where we talk about um, how we all met or whatever. But in this instance, uh, barring the happy hour episode that you all should definitely subscribe to our Patreon and Tina and all of us are going to get drunk and talk way more about the invisibles. But uh, you have a very interesting story that how you met somebody uh, that you definitely have to tell our listeners uh, instead of our meet cute over email yeah, story. You, yeah. Well, listen, <laughs> yeah, we have I, not met. Yeah, I cannot wait to cutely meet you guys in person. I, I, I do. Same. I would like to say that you know, safe sex, which is my first like real big foray into comics, like started the like issue one came out in um september of 2019 and then there were seven issues so if you think about um the month that that took us to that month was march 2020 so um and now it is uh (laughs) the first day of december 2021 and like i am so much i was gonna say better in person i i I just i (laughs) you're stronger you're more powerful you I absorb more, more magic. I, am, I I do. I um when I'm <laughs> a friend of mine compared like 
interacting with people on the internet versus interacting with them uh, in person as the episode of Buffy where she can't open a jar of pickles, like where she's like lost her powers. And uh, like, I feel like when I'm online, I'm like, I can't open this jar of pickles. Um, But, but anyway, uh, you know, I really was so excited in the beginning of 2020 to just go to every single con and I got to go to a few New York comic cons and flame cons um when I was living in New York and I'm in LA now but like I I was just looking forward to like building so much community as corny as that sounds like and it's not corny at you know, all I think I've that's been, wonderful I've been it's like corny. It's good <laughs> thank <though. laughs> you thank you I love corn pop it put butter on it little nutritional building and comics is literally the reason why i think we probably like all the same genres in comics because you're looking yourself for somewhere to belong and that is the largest part about also creating in comics is like you're still in that realm of like okay yeah i still want to belong and where do i belong in this whole like I mean, it's publishing, really. It's such a large industry. So um, it's totally. pretty wild, the things you must have overcome, like trying to push a book and like release a book while everything's digital matrix space. Yes, we're all in the matrix. Matt doesn't understand what that means. Um, <laughs> I think I know. I think well, I know. One day I'm you not going to say it. One day no, you will. I'll never um, be downloaded. <laughs> what you you don't you don't know what it's like to eat a real steak anyway that's a reference that you'll get when you watch the matrix oh you're right i I have eaten steak though it's really good that well steak steak really (laughs) good how do you like your steak uh what just like temperature wise oh just medium like if i was a waiter and i was asking Uh, you how would you like that sir i would i'd be like i didn't order steak but if i needed to it'd be medium rare medium rare good choice medium rare weirdly you and i have the same answer matt that is that's not weird at all that is like it is very bizarre it's the same exact answer i usually wouldn't order it but if i did it was you know you guys yeah it's got to be no knock on anyone so this is a this is an all (laughs) medium rare podcast i'm i'm definitely that's the new title yeah (laughs) sorry medium medium rare with with tina horn yeah. With special guests, Leon and Matt Evans. I love it. Done. So if anybody wants to um, fund this, um, my <laughs> website is, uh, well, we'll get to that. So anyway, um, well, I really, I, I'm excited to, I'm excited to meet you guys. And, um, and thanks for having me on your podcast, even though we have never met. I know, um, I was literally someday, someday, looking someday. for it's the to tell listeners that you reached out to me because I was like, oh my God. Tina emailed me. <laughs> Damn, I was like, I felt like a little bit of a, like a like a celebrity, like getting emailed to ask. Me. And I was like, we don't have very many guests that uh, reach out reach to out. me specifically to like know exactly what they want to talk about. Can I come on? I have this book coming out, and I was like, yes, that's my only answer. So thank you. I'm well, really it, it 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 has been sort of like the best way to um to feel like I'm you know like connecting with people whose work I admire and colleagues and put maybe potential colleagues um in also in a way where we can like have these conversations and then like all of the listeners can voyeur to this conversation but then we like you know don't have to mediate that parasocial relationship you know like mm-hmm. we just get to do this and then um and then people get you know us in their ear holes so the gift um, yeah really yeah exactly um, okay <laughs> so and i am a big fan oh, yeah. of comics inebriated i love listening to it and i uh <laughs> was listening to <laughs> the uh chip starsky uh episode um uh about uh garfield ever heard of him uh where he uh you know sort of humble bragged about receiving that um custom uh jim davis print and i was like well i don't know if i can it's top that now. but you're about to i do have let's take a sip of my liquid dmt um and uh uh i've never told this story i've never told this story like i've told the story in bars 
but like not sort of like on an official like media platform. So I'm I'm very excited to share this with you guys. But now, yeah, like... you're about to tell this to dozens, hundreds of people. <laughs> Dozen, dozens, millions. It's not <laughs> hundreds, hundreds of millions, people. Not, yeah, hundreds no. of dozens. I... <laughs> <laughs> Just dozens, but <laughs> okay. You got to so, tell it speaking, now. You can't so, backpedal. So, well, so so you so you mentioned chaos magic. So um, in um, the early aughts, um, a few short years after the Invisibles ended its run, uh, I was studying abroad in Europe, and I had met this fellow in my travels who um, himself was. Uh, a chaos magician and he was like maybe the first person who I had ever met who was like no I don't just read this stuff like I live the lifestyle and you know sounds, not to get yes yeah no go ahead sounds no I was just gonna say sounds intense I'm not doing that I'm <laughs> labor yeah. intensive labor intensive to live the lifestyle of a chaos magician or to I think like, so to travel around Europe to talk. with someone who practices that lifestyle. Both. Maybe both. 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 Yeah. Honestly, Yours both more sound so. exhausting a little. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, just like a tiny bit of background about me. Um, I was not raised religious at all. Um, my parents met in a cult um, and then they oh. left the cult um, and, and had me. Uh, and so, you know, my uh, my mom is was raised Lutheran in the Midwest, and my, and my dad was raised Jewish in Brooklyn. Um, so I have like a little bit of this like uh, like cultural heritage of of both of those uh, uh, religions, but like I was not raised like with any faith whatsoever. Um, and I was raised in a very small um, conservative town, the the town where I would like go to the tiny uh, local comic book store and like get my like you know weekly monthly fix of ultra violence. Um, thanks to um, <laughs> thanks to uh, Vertigo and other publishers. So um, anyway, I um, I'm very allergic to indoctrination. Is the point that I'm getting at? Like it literally okay. makes me yes. break out in hives. So if somebody is like, I have a different way of thinking about the world, I'm like, cool. And if they're like, you should think this, I'm like, bye. Um, so uh, so yeah, this this guy that I met was like sort of like straddled that line where like at first it was like, whoa, cool, like magic is real, and then it was like, oh. <laughs> Like magic can be the same old bullshit as like any other like patriarchal nonsense. Um, Mm. So, um, but I did travel around Europe with this guy and he uh, had written for this publishing company called Disinformation. Do you guys remember Disinfo? No, Uh, I don't think I've ever heard of it. Disinfo uh, published books like You Are Being Lied To and Everything You okay. Know About Sex Is Wrong, which, as you can imagine, had a huge influence on me. It was also wrong, yeah. Uh, well, no, I mean... Oh, no, had... it was right? It was good? No, Disinfo was no. pretty cool. I mean, I think that sometimes <laughs> oh, okay. they veered into some, like, conspiracy thinking stuff that I would maybe not endorse. But, no, like, Tristan Terramino, who oh, okay. is, is, like, my um my, like career role model and has who has since become a good friend like is you know was published by them in the like everything you know about sex is wrong and like no lo- lots of okay lots oh of okay stuff. okay and i misinterpreted they- never mind i was thinking it's like those billboards you see on the highway like getting further and further out into the middle of the country uh, they're never mind. you're not you're not wrong like okay. you're not wrong and but they had a little bit of a like cool veneer to them and like definitely uh. attracted like some um like smart like public intellectuals but mm-hmm. then yeah okay. definitely then also okay. some sometimes when people are like think outside the i mean we're seeing it not to get political but uh we're seeing it right now where people are like don't trust the government and i'm like i don't but also i'm gonna wear a mask you know what i'm saying yeah um, so- yeah 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 the guy you traveled with had written for this publisher. <laughs> Thank you and so much. Only because we yes, have was... uh, maybe five minutes, so I'm okay. Like, <clears throat> okay. So he had he had written for this publisher who Grant Morrison had also written for. Mm-hmm. In fact, one of the best pieces about like how to make a sigil. We were talking about sigils earlier. Yes. Um, was in a disinfo book, uh, a, a piece written by Morrison. Okay. So 
my friend that I was traveling with um, got in touch with Disinfo and said, hey, and this was 2003, by the way. So like, uh, okay. I don't, maybe things have changed. Email only. But, yeah. Like, well, he, so he like got in touch with, with him and was like, hey, if we come to Glasgow, do you think that Grant would want to like, you know, have a coffee? And, yeah. um, and uh, miraculously, uh, this publisher did make this connection and also miraculously, also miraculously, um, Grant Morrison was like, sure, I'll hang out with these two dumbass American kids. Strangers. Um, so, yeah. yeah, strangers. Like so, chaos magic works. You know, so intention. It's all about, yeah, the power of positive thinking. Intent. That's <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. That's so, my brand. So, um, if memory serves again this was um 2003 2003 thank you yes i was 20 years old um they um so so uh grant morrison uh and his their partner so sorry uh and so grant morrison and their partner who i believe may still be their partner met us at the you know gothic um glasgow (laughs) train station and 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 took us out for drinks and um it was i think like 11 a.m and um good good time for drinks this mm-hmm. is the United Kingdom, so uh, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I I was like, oh, okay, like I don't normally day drink, but like, what am I gonna say? No, yes. so um, yeah, so we had wonder, and I was thinking, how generous, how amazing, and of course, I'm trying not to just like totally freak out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you have know, to pretend meeting. like you've never read it that's before. Fair. It's fine. It's fine. No, no, I was, I'm I was, kidding. you know, I was blatantly okay. like, you know, I like, I love the Invisibles, like, I, you know, like, th- I love, th- yeah, th- like, thank you so much. This is so, this yeah. is so great. We're traveling. You know, we probably, you can, it would kill you to smell us. Like, we've been like <laughs> staying in hostels and sleeping on trains, and um, uh, and so I'm thinking we're gonna have like one drink and then they're going to be like here's a great hostel but one drink turned into another round and then like another pub and then another pub and like before i know it i was like i (laughs) i was like i am getting day drunk with grant morrison and uh, you know because they both work for disinfo they you know that we like kind of Yeah, we got Mm -hmm. past the small talk and they're talking about chaos magic and I'm like, okay, okay, cool. And and I remember like uh, Morrison's partner was really sweet and was like, so what do you do? And I was like, well, I'm a writer, you know, but I'm still in school. And, um, and, and, uh, and she was like, I I believe her, her pronouns are she, her, although I could be wrong. Uh, uh, she was like, uh, well, what kind of music do you like? And I was like, oh God, like what, how do, how do I answer this? And the only band that could come to mind was Ween. I was like, I love Ween. <laughs> what an answer in 2003. That's a, that's I'm sorry. A band. Poignant. Yeah. It could have been worse. Could have been worse. Listen, uh, and, real uh, ones know, apparently. And, exactly. And they were like, we love Ween. And then they were like, so do you want to come over? And I was like, sure. And they were like, yeah, you can crash here. Cause like, if you don't know where you're staying tonight, like you can just crash with us. And I can tell you for sure, things get a little blurry at this point, but I can tell you for sure that they were like, we should stop at the shop for munchies. They didn't say we should get something to eat. They were like, we should stock up on munchies. Mm-hmm. We got all this like very Scottish, like, crisps and just like weird junk food I had never heard of and then we went back to their place and it was like very lovely and I definitely like peeked into the room with all the books I was like, That's weird. <laughs> so wholesome. Happens, you know and so um uh and then I don't remember what I, I you know and I don't want to Grant, if you're listening, thank you for taking care of a dumbass 20-year-old American. I like don't remember what drugs we did. Um it wasn't it wasn't anything like that's for the super, Patreon episode like it wasn't, it wasn't deep 
it meditate was, and think about it. it. I literally DMT. don't remember. I, like it, <laughs> it, it was, I don't think it was anything too extreme. It honestly, again, I can't Probably like stress enough. Sal- salvia. Well, right, sure. exactly. It was, <laughs> it was just like so it might oregano. just have been really good weed, right? Because like at that point, I'm like, you know, five years into my like weed career and I've probably never really had like good weed. Um, and so even though I'm from California, uh, so, but you know, I, I don't remember, but I do remember that um, Grant Morrison played a recording that they had made also um, on drugs. It, Grant Morrison's drug taking is of the, is public knowledge. So I'm not blowing up anybody's <laughs> spot. Um, I don't, but, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, and I would maybe even not say drugs. I would say medicine or whatever. Um, but, yeah, uh, stuff. Uh, Just... Yeah, on um, uh, where they had like invoked the spirit of John Lennon and then like jammed, like had like a like a jam, like a rock and roll jam session, which is definitely also something that King Mob does. So that those are some things that I this remember. Is a gift. It was very and uh, the, the takeaway that I want to leave you with from this story is um sometimes meeting your idols is amazing (laughs) um they were i mean obviously it was a fun time and it was a party and a half um but also they were super nice and super generous with their time and they must have known that we were like whoa and um uh you know, we crashed on their couch and they had a lot of very 60s furniture, I remember. And then the next day they, you know, they were like, oh, do you want to go like see Frank Quietly like in the studio? And Frank was working Jesus on, I think like Sea Guy, I want to say, um, and also gave us something that we got really stoned on all day and like was also really nice. And um Comics people are so great. That's, Comics that's, people are so great. Just, that is such a good, like, that's the story that I hope people take away and remember that, like, sometimes they're red. And that's it. That's right. that's it. That's that's the story. So it definitely, yeah. it, felt, it felt appropriate to the Invisibles. And, you know, and I do feel like all these years later, like, being able to make a comic like safe sex uh that is absolutely like infused with the like aesthetic and like sensibility of the invisibles just by virtue of like how this influenced like who i am as a person um but also knowing that like that kind of like esoteric comic is possible and then also having that little boost of like also this human being was like really nice to me so um inspiring like you folded like, in the cheese with yourself and the experience and your like adoration for like your favorite like I, book yeah. and stuff like that I folded in the cheese, um, yeah. but I will break. I will break that spell now by uh, saying <laughs> that if any twenty-year-old thinks that they can slide into my DMs and, and that I will get them get, get them high, uh, yeah. I, I'm I'm sorry. I don't do those kind of parasocial relationships. Um, what if they're twenty-six? Uh, <laughs> I'm. That's me. I don't want to do that. I'm not flying to LA. Thank you for offering. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you have. Uh, I obviously everyone has to subscribe to the Patreon for the much more extensive shit that we're going to get into at some point here. Yeah. And you have a Twitter that you won't respond to DMs to crashing your couch from. So where, where can people find you to be ignored on DMs for that? I'll respond if you're offering me money. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I'm on Twitter and Instagram at, T-I-N-A-H-O-R-N-S-A-S-S. And you can decide whether that's Tina Horn's ass or Tina Horn sass. I was going to ask that. I know the answer. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> there I is a canonical it. answer. It's true. Yeah. Um, and and- uh, TinaHorn.net is my website. Safe sex terms of service is available 
now and hopefully forever. As of December Always. 2021. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do you have anything coming out in January, February? Um, I'm making eyebrows, yes. but uh, there is silence. But, so I love this. Uh... Yes, but we'll save it for, I don't know when. I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> Me? I don't, yeah, I don't. I can't I, see. Tina's can't, in the dark you gotta now. Keep that Tina's completely gone. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah, no, it's it's. I'm I'm barely illuminated. Um, yeah. No, man, I can't think. Oh, I'm totally dark. I'm so sorry about that. Um, no, it's. I'm. I find it funny. Um, I <laughs> cannot think past tomorrow, but oh, um, but I think I, I think in uh in like January February 2022. I would definitely still uh, suggest that you check out Safe Sex Trips. Listen, two whole volumes Timeless. through Image. Get through your local comic shop, your local bookstore. They can totally order it. Um, Tina, it has been a goddamn delight to have you on the podcast. And I cannot wait for you to come back and tell me all of the more extensive stuff about The Invisibles before I even read it. Because uh, as we were all exchanging over email, I have not read it. And I am... Uh, a little bit, I guess, of a, I don't know, whatever. I have to read it in physical format, and I want the omnibus. So I'm going. I'm literally eBaying it, trying to find it. So, you guys, I I think you'll like it. I, I know so. I'll like knowing it. knowing your work. You know, I I just I think I think you'll really find a lot to enjoy. Hell yeah! Thank you so much for having me. Of course, yeah, yeah. Thank you. yeah. Of course, thank you for bringing some more um, chaos magic into our lives. I need more. <laughs> Hold up. 